0: Ladies, welcome back to another episode. So today we are going to talk to Carlin from Carlin Christine Wellness. So we'll all appreciate that alliteration. Um, And she is a functional nutritionist and she works with women on hormone balance to balance their hormones through bioenergetics and mineral regulation. So ladies, we're going to be talking about some HTMA and we're going to be talking about some minerals. I'm going to be talking about some heavy metals and I'm very excited because... I feel like we touch on minerals at least once in every episode, but now we have a whole deep dive into them and it's going to be fabulous. So introduce yourself outside of what I did. Anything you'd like to share? What got you into this? Why do you love talking about minerals? I'd love to know. Yeah, thanks,
1: Leah, for having me on the podcast. It's good
0: to be here again.
1: And, you know, I think today's topic, in diving a little bit deeper into the copper iron dynamic, is really a key component that I think a lot of the wellness scene is missing when it comes to really (laughs) understanding minerals and the root cause behind hormone imbalances, Mm -hmm. um, or really just the root cause behind any symptoms and source of disease. Um, and so I'm excited to talk about this topic, but I think what's really important to know is that when we do utilize certain functional testing, especially the mineral testing that I use, which is hair mineral testing, Mm -hmm. um, it's always important that we put things into context when it comes to the individual. So while we're talking about a very general open topic, um, I want all of the listeners and the audience to really understand that while it may apply to them, it's still really important to understand one's bioindividuality and to mm-hmm. make sure that their data and their testing aligns with the information that we share here today. So that's just something mm-hmm. I really wanted to put out into the into the world before we get
0: going. (laughs) No, I feel like every episode has a massive disclaimer. Um, We just had a whole one on iodine and I feel like every three Mm. seconds I was like, don't do this (laughs) unless you work with a practitioner. But I (laughs) also feel like there's a lot of nuance because, and I'm sure you have this frustration where it's like, I want to share this information so that you can be educated and then you can Mm -hmm. take this to your provider or your practitioner or someone to help you but then I'm also scared to put it out because I don't want people to just be like, great, I'm going to go take iodine because I have all of those symptoms or right. I'm going to go take copper or I'm going to mm-hmm. go do a copper detox. And it's like, please don't do that because right. you can end up so much more sick. But I also think that education is so necessary because that gives you more things to bring to your health conversation with whoever, right. whoever you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to um, to talk about this, and of course, we will all keep that in mind. So, um, let's just dive right into copper. Then, what what should we know about copper? What is copper? Is it bad? Is it good? Do we need it? Do we not need it? Yeah,
1: so copper is what I like to call the life-giving mineral. It is literally what gives our soil life. It's what gives plants life. It's what gives animals life as well as humans. And so the, the ability to give life that copper has is based off the fact that it harnesses oxygen. So while iron, which is we can't talk about <laughs> copper without talking about iron, iron in the human body is key to transporting oxygen within our red blood cells. It's actually copper that harnesses that oxygen and turns it into water and energy within our cells. And so without that copper, we, our cells really don't have an efficient way to produce that energy. And so Mm -hmm. when it comes to our physiology Copper is that key nutrient that enables everything to function. And when I mean everything, I mean the enzymatic processes in the body, because that's mm-hmm. ultimately what runs our physiology. So copper activates those enzymes and enables those enzymes to go about the various metabolic processes. And that stems from its ability to harness that oxygen on a cellular level.
0: Mm-hmm and copper helps with you not turning gray if we just want to know about it for like vanity reasons Yeah, so copper and melanin. That's
1: that's the that's another really big topic to dive into <laughs> yeah. especially when it comes to skin health and it comes to hair and aging. But essentially when we are yes, low in def- in in copper, we're deficient in copper, our body doesn't have the energy to produce that melanin, which is what contributes to our hair color and also the health of our skin. So actually, people who have darker hair tend to require higher amounts of copper based off that melanin requirement. Um, and then, of course, when we are low in copper, that makes us more susceptible to various skin issues like mm-hmm. sun damage, mm-hmm. burning, um, melasma, hyperpigmentation, eczema, psoriasis, and it goes on and on. And so, yeah, yeah copper's copper's role when, with melanin is is huge.
0: hmm I also, so I'm not going to get off topic. We're going to come back on the topic very quickly. But (laughs) the one thing that I had semi-recently learned about um, copper is that it is one of your necessary minerals for um, histamine issues. So if you're someone that has a lot of histamine reactions, that is, copper is actually, well, let me rephrase that, bioavailable copper is something you really need. If you are looking to add one thing to your anti aging skincare routine and you just want a little bit of zhuzh to your skin, please let it be mushrooms. Please let it be mushrooms. I love using mushrooms in my skincare. And thank you, a massive thank you to Purity Woods for sponsoring this episode. I bought Purity Woods. I tried their products and I just got on my computer and messaged them and asked them to come on as a sponsor because I notice a visible plumpness in your skin. I love using their dream cream I have their age-defying dream cream. I also have their age-defying night cream. And I also have their eye cream. And they use, well, A, they have incredible ingredients. So you don't have to worry about um, having parabens or endocrine disruptors. They are actually non-toxic. They're free of toxic preservatives. They don't have any synthetic additives, no pesticides, no dyes, no parabens, all of those things. Like, they're very very clean um and they have a signature ingredient called maple leaf extract and this is full of anti-inflammatory antioxidants and hydrating properties but you guys what it does is it actually plumps brightens and nourishes your skin this is in most of their products i believe i think it's in all of them but i don't don't call me a liar there um but It is in their age-defying dream cream, it's in their age-defying night cream, and it's in their eye cream, which are the ones that I love. On top of that, they have mushrooms, you guys, they have mushrooms in their skincare. Their eye cream has turkey tail, and their night cream has tremella, which literally boosts the hydration in your skin, so you cannot go wrong you will love them you will notice a difference and please 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 tell me when you've tried it and you also notice that your skin is plumper okay so turn back the time on the appearance of your skin with purity Woods age-defying dream cream so purity woods is currently offering you 17 percent off site-wide which is awesome but you can also get an additional 10% discount for being a listener for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com slash Leah or enter the code Leah at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. That's dot com. Enter code Leah, L-E-A-H, for a total of 27% off your first order. Cycling back um, to histamines. That was something that I feel like you never hear about. You always hear about like, mm-hmm. oh, we need to go on DAO or you need to go on antihistamine. And it's like, actually, we need to balance those minerals and um, mm-hmm. have that bioavailable copper. So I love that we, we're talking about this a little bit more. So let's keep going. So we talked about... Um, why copper is important in harnessing oxygen, but you briefly mm-hmm. mentioned copper and its role with iron. Could yes. we talk about that a little bit, especially for our ladies with low iron with heavy periods?
1: Yes, absolutely. So really every facet of iron metabolism is copper dependent. It's Copper is what, again, bounds iron so that it is stable in the body because all heavy, not All metal nutrients essentially need to be bound. So when we talk about copper toxicity, it's really not usually a toxicity issue. It's usually that copper isn't being bound properly. And we can get into that a little bit more, but -hmm. essentially copper keeps iron bound and it keeps it in motion within what's called our iron recycling system. And that's what really I think is missing when it comes to understanding iron metabolism is having a really clear understanding of this recycling system. So we naturally recycle 24 milligrams of iron in our body, unless we have major blood loss from like an accident we are Mm -hmm. always going to be recycling iron with that amount so we're really only supposed to be getting one milligram of food to meet our 25 milligrams of iron in our day and so what happens is when we are low in copper there starts to be an inefficiency with the motility and the usability of that iron within that iron recycling system and that low copper is going to cause that iron to become unbound and it's going to start to accumulate in our tissues. And that is the source of oxidative stress. Because what happens when iron is exposed to oxygen?
0: Mm-hmm. We rust. It
1: rusts. <laughs> and that's literally what happens to our cells. So our cells start to oxidize because of that unbound iron that's accumulating. And that leads to inflammation. And that inflammatory response creates a mineral dysregulation cascade. We start to lose Mm -hmm. magnesium, then Mm -hmm. that leads to calcium displacement, deficiency in potassium and sodium, and it goes on and on and on from there. Mm -hmm. So copper's really key role is keeping iron in check Keeping it mobile and keeping it usable within the body, but because mm-hmm. we have so many environmental stressors that deplete us of copper, and then over the last eighty years, our soil has just been so depleted from copper. Hello, glyphosate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We we really just we don't get sufficient amounts of copper to help with this iron regulation system, right. so the key thing to understand when it comes to testing iron and when it comes to the notion of iron deficiency or iron anemia is that it's only looking at the iron within what's called the ferritin marker and Mm -hmm. the ferritin marker is actually a storage protein And when that is low, it actually means that you have high accumulation of iron in your tissues. It doesn't mean you have low iron. So when you go to a conventional doctor, they say that you or not even conventional, sometimes Mm -hmm. even in the holistic wellness space. And they say that you have low iron without checking other iron markers as well as your copper status. We get put onto iron supplements, iron infusions, and that only causes more issues within that iron recycling system because it's increasing that amount of external iron that we're getting. And remember, we only need one milligram of iron a day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not very much. It's not very much.
0: I feel like, well, iron supplements always make people feel horrible and they're like I take all the iron in the world and it doesn't do anything and I'm like well let's look at other things I um not even diving into like copper but so many parasites (laughs) if you can't like keep your iron up I'm immediately like do you have parasites I'd love to know um but you don't you know it's not, you're not checking for that. Like when you do an iron test and that's why you said it's so important to look at the individuality because it, maybe it is copper balance. Maybe it's parasites. Maybe it's, it's rarely low iron, but you know, sometimes it is, but rarely. Yeah.
1: So when it comes to parasites, so any sort of pathogens, whether it's parasite viruses, bacteria, They feed off of unbound iron. So, if you have unchecked, unbound iron accumulating in your tissues, that is the energy source for pathogens to thrive. Mm -hmm. Also, when you also have unchecked iron, it changes the pH of your cells and your body as well. And pathogens love acidic environments. So, you're really creating an environment for those pathogens to thrive when you do have that high iron in your cells and tissues due mm-hmm. to that low copper. So mm. really there's kind of two, mecha- and, and this is what is so beautiful and brilliant about the female body is that we have a natural mechanism to get rid of excess iron, mm-hmm. our menstrual cycle. And so that's actually why women generally, historically, live longer than men is because we have this physiological mechanism to balance out our iron recycling system. But when you look into the history of why there's so much misunderstanding with iron, why iron supplementation became such a big thing, it does actually come down to the medical system not understanding the female menstrual cycle. Because Mm -hmm. back in the 1920s and the 1930s, This is where iron anemia started to really take place Mm -hmm. in the medical conversation and literature. And it was all based off the fact that women were losing blood and therefore they needed to replenish themselves with Mm -hmm. iron. So it was really Mm -hmm. just like a misunderstanding of how the menstrual cycle works when really physiologically, when we menstruate, we actually have natural mechanisms to absorb more iron through our food. Mm -hmm. So nature is just really smart. It's designed Mm -hmm. so beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, there's also the conversation of postmenopausal women. And because they don't have a menstrual cycle, they don't have that natural mechanism to dispel excess iron. And so when it comes to menopausal symptoms, iron is always that key issue. And iron and estrogen go hand in hand. High estrogen, estrogen dominance always equals High iron accumulating in your tissues. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole historical component that's really interesting when learning about this iron-copper dynamic and how we went down this road of really misunderstanding iron recycling system and then how we test for iron and not really getting that full picture, and then moving towards iron supplementation in prenatals and multivitamins Mm -hmm. and iron infusions and. It really is the root cause, as we've talked about, to all the inflammatory diseases, as well as all the hormone imbalances. And so when you Mm -hmm. talk about heavy periods, that's really your body's natural way of trying to get rid of that excess iron due to not only a hormone imbalance, but a major mineral dysregulation.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's um, I want to jump back on a few things you said um, when you were talking about when you're on your menstrual cycle, you can utilize iron differently. Like hello, food cycling and cycle syncing. That's why the your food, like when you do cycle syncing, it, those foods are designed to go at that at that time of your cycle because of that. You know when you get more beef in and beets and and organ meats and things like that, which is very very cool. Um, I've never had someone come in. With um, heavy periods and not had so many imbalances with their minerals. And it's like, as mm-hmm. soon as we fix the mineral imbalances, um, their their cycles regulate. And they're like, wow, my cycles right. aren't as heavy and I'm not shaky on my cycles, uh, on my periods anymore. So right. um, they definitely go hand in hand. But I actually want to pop back to the pH and wondering if you can um, break this down a little bit. Cause I know the yeah. pH of your blood can't really move that much. Otherwise you just die. Yeah. Um, so when you're talking about pH changes with mm-hmm. iron, can you talk about that a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one really good example
1: is the emotions of fear and how okay. that changes the pH of ourselves. Okay. So when we experience fear, um, or intense emotion of doubt or worry, you know, they all kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. That releases stress hormones. That releases Mm -hmm. cortisol and adrenaline. And that cortisol and adrenaline is what changes the pH of our cells to become more acidic. And I'm talking in more of a chronic situation, Mm -hmm. not necessarily acute stress, more of the chronic, because it takes time for the body to obviously change into Mm -hmm. those different environments. But it's when we have that chronic stress, stress, that chronic production of adrenaline and cortisol, that's what changes the pH of our cells. And Mm -hmm. so that's where things become more acidic and that attracts iron and down Mm -hmm. the road becomes a feeding ground for pathogens. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So we're talking
1: cellular versus like blood. Yes. Correct. And that is really, that's the focus of most of the work I do is Mm -hmm. thinking about the cells and what is happening on a cellular level, because that's, what's going to drive our physiology. Mm -hmm. And that's where, again, it comes to why copper is so important because it helps Mm -hmm. fuel our mitochondrial activity and that efficient Mm -hmm. energy production. And that is What when iron starts to accumulate in the cells due to a variety of factors like low copper, that's going to impact how that cell produces energy. And that's going to change how our metabolic system functions.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is, so, okay, we have a whole direction we can go in here. So when we talk about HTMA, and probably one of the reasons why you love it, and I love it, is that blood does want to stay at homeostasis. So it mm-hmm. is constantly pulling and pushing minerals in yep. and out because right. it needs to stay at homeostasis. Cause you know, yep. it wants to keep living. <laughs> so yep. we can see things at the cellular level. We can see things in the hair before we see them in the blood as that preventative measure. Right. So that's why I love it. But then also, as you're talking, I'm sure people are over here like, oh, should I just supplement with copper? Should I take this? But every single one of our minerals affects different processes in our body mm-hmm. and they all work together. So it's not like you just want to take copper or you just want to take zinc or whatever, because you can displace Correct. another mineral. So yes. can that take? Can you take us into this avenue of the difference between maybe someone being low in copper or someone not having bioavailable copper, like Mm -hmm. what, how does this look and what do those symptoms kind of crop up like? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I think it's worthwhile
1: talking about what makes copper bioavailable and usable Mm -hmm. in the system. And that's where retinol comes into the conversation. Vitamin A, the animal source of vitamin A right? So I'm not, we're not talking about beta carotene, which is a very necessary nutrient. It's mm-hmm. a powerful antioxidant that generally comes from plant-based foods. That yes. is what you typically see in multivitamins and prenatals. Any form of vitamin A generally in a supplement is, is beta carotene, but that mm-hmm. is not the form of vitamin A that runs our physiology. Retinol, which comes from animal foods only, is what runs our physiology. And that mm-hmm. is what makes copper bioavailable because it loads it into a key protein called ceruloplasm. And ceruloplasm is what enables that copper to be usable in the body. So when we talk about any form of copper toxicity outside of copper coming from like copper pipes or or mm-hmm. uh, birth control or things like that, we're talking about copper that becomes unbound due to it being displaced from that ceruloplasm protein because most likely there's low retinol. So low copper always means low retinol and vice versa. And any food that, that contains high amounts of copper is designed to come with retinol, which is why, again, an animal-based diet, and like you said before, briefly, organ meats are so important because it has that nutrient density. So when it comes to testing these nutrients, Yes. HTMAs, hair mineral tests are a beautiful way to get a good understanding of your mineral status and how well your cells are actually utilizing those nutrients. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes to copper and iron and some of those metal nutrients, blood testing is actually going to be more effective in understanding what those levels are. So Mm -hmm. it is important to utilize both. But of course, conventional blood testing doesn't give you the full markers to really understand Mm -hmm. your retinol, your ceruloplasm, your copper, and your iron status. And so that's why I utilize what's called the full Monty blood panel. Is that something you're familiar with? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So the full Monty blood panel in conjunction with, with the HTMA hair testing gives you a good comprehensive view as to what is happening on a cellular level in terms of your metabolic systems, utilizing these nutrients, Mm -hmm. but HTMA hair testing gives you can be a really good first step to Mm -hmm. seeing what dysregulation may be contributing to some of the symptoms that one is experiencing. So it gives you a really good understanding of your electrolytes. So your magnesium, your calcium, your sodium, and your potassium. And that's usually a good place to start because they are what's going to kind of determine the rest of your mineral status to some degree. So HTMA, being how affordable and easy and non-invasive it is, it can be a really good first step without having to then invest and dive into a full Monty blood panel. So I always like to say that for, for especially women who are dealing with hormone imbalances, I think that's a good place to start off with. Get a better sense as to where your electrolytes are, start working on those. And Mm -hmm. then if you feel that you need to dive in deeper, that's where a full Monty blood panel can come in. And -hmm. you can get a sense of your iron and copper dysregulation and the stress that is impacting your thyroid and your liver that's gonna play into those copper iron levels. You can get a general sense of that dysregulation through an HTMA hair test. But you're not going to have the exact picture as to what those mm-hmm. levels are until you bring in that, that blood panel. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. just something to keep in mind. Well, I mean, you can't test iron on a HTMA. <laughs> like it's just it's not accurate. <laughs> it's not gonna be accurate. Correct. You can see again, you can see the <laughs> dysregulation there. You can see how iron could be contributing yeah. to mineral dysregulation mm-hmm. and to various stressors within the mm-hmm. metabolic system. But it's not like a full statement, you have iron issues because of yes. this, this, and this. Yeah. Yes.
0: And um also too, I think um I talk about this a lot, but um Reading labs isn't just a science, it's an art. So for you, who's probably looked at hundreds of these, like you looking at an HTMA, you can give a much clearer picture and also have like that experience of looking at so many and understanding different patterns, um, to guide them on what they're needing, um, so again, we are coming back to like, you know, do work with someone who works specifically with that because like, mm-hmm. let's say you had an HTMA come back and I've had people that will like go and run them themselves. And they're like, Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I, my calcium is through the roof and, or my ferritin is through the roof. And I'm like, well, on an HTMA, you guys, that's not, you don't look at that the same way as you would a blood panel. So, mm-hmm. um, that that's good to know. Um, And so talking about it being bioavailable. So I, on where I would like to go from here, what happens? So like a lot of times when I will see, um, it's not, it's not even high tissue. It's not even high copper yet. It's not at a toxicity level. It's more, um, a lot of bio unavailable stored copper. That's not moving. Um, Mm -hmm. we see a lot of sluggish, a lot of sluggish liver, um, So let's say for someone, like, what are their steps, I guess? Like, let's say you're like, okay, I feel like those are my symptoms, but like, what if it's just not available? What if I have hidden and it's not being transported? What if my adrenals are not up to par and doing what they're needing to do? Um, What's generally something somebody could do, like, in terms of supporting their body? And we're talking specifically about unbound copper. Um, yeah, because I feel like when a lot of people will, A, let's say they have either run an HTMA themselves, or maybe their doctors run their, um, a basic blood panel, or even a little bit more in depth, and it's like copper levels, of course, are going to be typically they're normal, normal, I put that in quotation mm-hmm. marks. Um, mm-hmm. But they're having a lot of these symptoms that you talked about. And so what are some things, obviously, besides, you know, starting to work with you, what are some things that they could be doing? Yeah,
1: I mean, the first thing is to think about retinol and sources of food that are high in retinol because they're going to also contain bioavailable forms of copper. And retinol is what also enables that ceruloplasm to be produced. And remember, ceruloplasm is that key protein that makes copper usable within the body. So foods like we talked about organ meats and good quality animal foods and wild caught fish and um, cod liver oil. If you were to take a whole food supplement, cod liver oil has the most... um, has the highest amount of vitamin A, especially vitamin A to vitamin D. So that is something I definitely utilize after testing with certain clients uh, for specific reasons. But really just thinking about food sources, really nutrient-dense foods that um, that are gonna contain that retinol and that copper mm-hmm. and that are gonna help support that ceruloplasm production. So that's what I think is kind of the, the key because I think we kind of forget about how important food is. And we just want to jump to Mm -hmm. a supplement. And I never recommend a copper supplement because Mm -hmm. if you just start going in that direction and you don't understand the mechanisms of what's going to happen, then it's not going to really do you any good. So I very much take on a food first approach. I very much take on an ancestral nutrition lens. So thinking about, again, that quality meat, I mean, There's multiple other sources of copper as well, but I think we have to return to that quality animal food. So, Mm -hmm. you know, pasta-raised eggs and Mm -hmm. pasta-raised meat and Mm wild-caught fish, you know, those are what our ancestors used to get these nutrients in our system, and that's what enabled them to thrive. So I think just really returning to the basics of what fuels our physiology and thinking about how we can be a little bit more intentional, strategic, and invest in quality food, which I know is hard for some Mm -hmm. people. But we, can, we do have a lot more resu- resources in our arsenal than I think we think about because we're still moving towards plant-based diets and mm-hmm. supplements and restrictive diets like keto and things like that. And I think we just need to kind of simplify it and return mm-hmm. to, again, what our ancestors did. So mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's really the first step for anyone to start taking. Mm-hmm. Um, protein. You know, I'd for most women, protein is always an issue. Getting enough protein, getting quality protein, and so that goes hand in hand with that animal-based food mindset, um, mm-hmm. that quality animal-based food mindset. So, you know, I think that is a really good place to start.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you need bioavailable copper. Um, just I feel like we've been doing a whole fertility series, so we'll roll. We'll, bring it back in a full circle here. Um, you need that bioavailable copper for a strong implantation. You need that for conception. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes for men and female. Um, low vitamin A is mm-hmm. when you have low cervical mucus, that can be a sign of low vitamin A. Um, low vitamin A in men is one of like the biggest drivers of infertility. So you mm-hmm. can all be like taking some cod liver oil. <laughs> Yeah, and
1: I wouldn't necessarily start there again, because, you know, cod liver oil for people who are low in copper, that can actually create histamine issues and Mm -hmm. breaking down histamines and those enzymes responsible are copper dependent. So I think, again, thinking food first approach is what's really going to be key. Testing comprehensively to then figure out what your levels are and then, you know, working with a practitioner to see if cod liver is appropriate for you could be another step. But I think returning, you know, really returning back to how we can fuel our system and our physiology through a food first approach is is definitely key. Um, But, you know, the work of Weston A. Price also touches on all of this. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with his work in how he codified the diets of, you know, 14 indigenous communities around the world whose diet was based off retinol. And what he was missing in his work at the time in the 1920s was the copper component and how Mm -hmm. retinol and copper go hand in hand. So, you know, I think even looking into the Weston A. Price Foundation, if people don't know who he is or the work that he's done and the information and education that is available on the internet, they have a plethora of Mm -hmm. really great recipes and foods that you can concentrate on that are going to be nutrient dense in retinol and Mm -hmm. also copper. Um, and so that could be just a really great resource
0: for people to dive into as well. Mm-hmm. And note, I would just everyone to note that she's talking about food bases, food based form of vitamin A, because I know a lot of people are like, well, if I add this in, then I'm going to be having too much vitamin A. And it's, we're not talking about like supplemental or the synthetic or the beta carotene. We're talking about correct um, the nat- the natural form of that actual retinol. So. What about? um, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but I'd love to um, hear a little bit more about um, some of the other, I guess not necessarily cofactors, but other things that need to be in support of Mm -hmm. um, other minerals or even adrenal function or liver function that needs to be in support of healthy copper levels, if you want to Mm touch on that a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a major topic, but magnesium, (laughs) magnesium is, you know, that's just such a driver of a third of our enzymatic processes and reactions in the body. And it's just constantly being depleted on a daily basis. Um, You know, Morley Robbins has the term high magnesium burn rate, which is Mm -hmm. how quickly an individual is going to use up their magnesium stores on a daily basis based off the number of stressors that are impacting their body. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is the first mineral to get used up when our body interprets stress, no matter the source of stress. So when we have low magnesium, that generally trickles to moving towards low copper, moving then towards low retinol, and that then causes an electrolyte dysregulation when it comes to calcium and sodium and potassium, like you were talking about before. When there starts to be mineral dysregulation, the body's going to compensate to try Mm -hmm. and create that homeostatic balance. So when we have low magnesium, chronically, Mm -hmm. calcium is going to move out of our bones and our teeth and move into our Bloodstream to try and compensate, and that can lead to potential calcification issues when it comes to our thyroid, and for men, often kidney stones and things mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, magnesium is is more of a nutrient that is more appropriate to supplement with, um, mm-hmm. just because it's hard to get it from our food. However, if you are coming from a very depleted place. Jumping on magnesium supplementation can be problematic because what it's going to do is it's going to increase your energy on a cellular level, which is positive. But if you don't have magnesium's cofactors in place, it's going to actually add stress to your adrenals and could potentially lead to even further burnout. So, you know, magnesium's cofactors are potassium, sodium, and whole food vitamin C. And whole food vitamin C is not the same as ascorbic acid. It's a whole other conversation. But it's really important to understand that if you are going to supplement with magnesium, you have to also have those cofactors in place, where which is where like adrenal cocktails really can come in handy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always like to start my clients off on external forms of magnesium before introducing something internally to just help bring a little bit more magnesium support to the body without it... impacting the system too heavily. So things like Epsom salt foot or full baths, um, a magnesium oil or spray can be really helpful. Um, things like, you know, external sources of magnesium, I think are something that everybody could be doing on a daily basis to help their stress response and to create a system that is more calm and safe before they integrate a supplement internally because your body will just be in a better position to handle it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also always think, too, in terms of, like, magnesium, potassium is your stress mineral, like, so the mm-hmm. more stressed you are, the more depleted you are in potassium, and potassium is not one I typically, I rarely supplement with it, I always, like, bring in, like, food bases of it, because you need so mm-hmm. much potassium, Right. but we forget about that, you know, and someone's like, I take... Um, I hear this a lot, people like I take magnesium, and I don't notice a difference. And I'm like, well, a check your dosage, check your quality, check your type. But then also, Mm -hmm. you may just need more potassium in your food, because you could be taking all of it in the world. But if you don't have enough potassium, um, you're not really gonna notice as much of a difference or much of a benefit as you could, which again, we're coming back to our whole like, full circle moment of, like, making sure everything works together, which is important. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And and like you noted, the type of magnesium is huge. So, you know, and this comes back to copper bioavailability. The most common form of magnesium is magnesium citrate. You're gonna Ugh. see that on pretty much every supplement. And <laughs> even, even good brands have magnesium mm-hmm. citrate. And while magnesium citrate in the short term can be beneficial for things like constipation because it does increase mm-hmm. that water retention in the colon and help things move. Long term, it displaces that ceruloplasm protein and contributes to copper becoming unbioavailable. So mm-hmm. citrates. And ascorbates are forms of minerals that you never want to include in your routine because of how it displaces copper from that ceruloplasm protein. So that's something Mm -hmm. that not a lot of people think about. And and that's why it's important to, again, kind of work with a practitioner when it comes to supplements, because you want to know that what you're taking is going to be beneficial for your system. And you're not wasting your money, your time, and potentially, you know, impacting your system in a more stressful way.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like, and everything is, is nuanced. Like, you know, like there are times when people need to bring in citrate because like they're super constipated and that's number one is we need to get things moving. But then you run into people that treat that as the cure for their constipation and take 600 milligrams of magnesium citrate daily and you could like pry it out of their cold, dark, dead hands. And I'm like, Mm (laughs) no. And that's where oh. potassium comes in hand, yeah. right? Like, you know, really, if you are
1: using quality magnesium or even external sources of magnesium and you're bringing in supportive potassium resources, that naturally is going to move the, the body in a in a way that will help with that motility. So mm-hmm. and, and adrenal cocktails, again, are a great whole food source of potassium, sodium, whole food, vitamin C that you can use as a supplement on a daily basis to help with your adrenals, to help with that electrolyte status, to nourish your cells, to hydrate your system and get those nutrients that may be hard to get through just food at the moment. Um, so that adrenal cocktail, I mean, you can look it up. The recipe is very simple, um, but that's a great thing that I think anyone could start to integrate slowly, of course, um, to really just improve their electrolyte status and, and skip all the electrolyte powders that are out there that are filled of these citrates and ascorbates that we've been talking about um, and move towards that whole food, whole food source of supplements.
0: It's mm-hmm. So interesting um minerals are just minerals are just interesting (laughs) um so do you have anything else that you would love to leave us with or how can people find you give us all the things
1: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Carlin Christine Wellness. Um, The other really great free resource that I'm offering right now is I just started what's called the Nourish Newsletter, and it's a biweekly subscription email that dives deep into mineral and hormone education. So if you are really wanting to learn about mineral metabolism and get a better understanding as to what drives our hormonal landscape, I would definitely recommend hopping on my website, Carlin Christine Wellness. Carlin is spelled C A R L Y N N. Christine is with the C H. Um, dot com. And you can just, um, pop in your email to get subscribed to my newsletter. You'll actually get a free minerals matters guide. When you do that, I also have a period power resource guide that is completely free. And that just helps walk you through, um, your cycle and really what goes on hormonally throughout the different stages of your cycle and how to support it through a mineral lens as well.
0: All right, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you.